take a chance of uh, nope. coming back in? No, I don't. I expended all my energy. <laughs> <laughs> I pulled out every loud ounce of energy you had. That's it, Coach. I can't go anymore. We don't need a ton of energy for our next guest, do we? PJ uh, Stock? Nah, he's got it. He's got, he's got the mojo. We don't need it. I don't know what he's going to say about the Montreal Canadiens. Well, they came off a Stanley Cup final run. We had him on before the season started, and he, he basically called them being not very good. So I was impressed by that. I, I predicted in the first round against Toronto that they would lose in three games. Oh, yeah. No, I was That's the same way. That's how bad I thought they were. Yeah. That they would be the first team in history to actually bow out <laughs> in a best of seven in three games. They, they they did not do that. They they did not made me look like a fool all the way along. Yeah, and me too, of course. A lot of but us, I think. Actually, more than it was probably just one guy. Was it not? Kerry Price yeah. was he the main culprit of making us look so bad in predicting in the first round? There's a couple of guys. He's definitely the front runner. Definitely the main reason. So PJ, last time we spoke, uh, there was no thought of Carey Price anywhere to be seen, and has there been some sightings since then? Well, little little sightings. And by the way, hi, guys. Great to talk. Hi, PJ. This is great. Is you it, guys look is, is it your birthday, too, like Colby Armstrong? Yeah, it will be. No, I don't, I don't. I have four kids. I don't get a birthday anymore. <laughs> I haven't got a Christmas present. I haven't got anything. I just give, give, and never get. But thank you for four the, kids. Hello, guys. Why? Who does that? So many. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I just, two dogs. It's just nothing. Oof. Anyways, uh, there's been a little, actually, the best news is uh, Bill Edmondson is, is back now. Uh, Kerry's been back. There's been sightings. Uh, you know, Jonathan Dwayne came back. Like, there's been a lot of injuries and, and people that are really key components of this team. Uh, you guys were talking about last year to help them on that playoff run. Besides Jonathan, but Terry was uh, was unbelievable. Um, obviously, Joel Edmondson played a real big role and d- didn't get as much credit for it. They some nights they just rolled three D, you know, like they four D. They rolled four D, and th- these guys did a a lot of the heavy lifting. Uh, he's not the sexiest guy, but he made uh, Petrie a much better hockey player. So, you know, it, it's it's. Terry's back, but a lot of these other guys are back and seeing their faces. Hopefully, I'm Jake Allen's back tonight uh, or now. Hopefully, it turns things around because it has not been a great start here in Montreal, and everyone's taking like the wind completely out of everybody's sails. I mean, this is a team that's they've won. They got a 300 winning percentage. Uh, you yeah. know, through a big from the first quarter of the season. Essentially, you were one of the only people that I talked to that basically said they weren't very good after last season. Even after last season's run, what what is it about this team? I guess that that you saw in them that made you kind of skeptical of them, and has it gone worse than you even expected? I think you know what we're not. I look at um, – I'm not in that locker room, so I'm sure. not in that locker room. But I'm, I look at teams and I look at, A, one thing is about um, you need your uh, you need your three centermen. You need your three. You need your three on the back end, uh, and I think you need a stud goalie. And they had that last year in the playoffs. Um, but you also need a lot of those pieces around you. And 
there's one thing, like I said last year, they'd do well in the playoffs. I go back, I said, at the beginning of last year, I said they were built for the playoffs. I said, I don't know if they're going to get there. But if, they, if they're built, if they can make it to the playoffs, they had a lot of guys that weren't fast, weren't, you know, a guy like a Toffoli, very opportunistic, a great shot. Uh, you could hug and mug and you can, you can make things happen and then the puck's on your stick. It's not where you have to carry the puck through the neutral zone and someone can touch your stick and it's a two-minute hooking penalty, and I mean defensively for the Canes. So I, I think you look at what they have. They have a lot of people missing in the important positions, obviously Carey, obviously Weber Edmondson, and obviously say what you want about KK, KK and Dano. So there's one guy kind of left right now in Petrie from that run. And the other thing that I think gets overlooked in all of this, it's not so much how they play on the ice. It's a lot of times how they have to deal with the media in Montreal, how they respond to moments in game. There was a hierarchy to the leadership. And this is what I was getting at. There's a hierarchy to leadership in every room, as you guys both know. And, you know, the big guy, everyone kind of waits for the big guy to talk, and then it kind of trickles down. And, and right now, they don't have those guys. You know, like I, I've been in, in Philly talking, you know, it's not always the captain. It's, it's you know, Sean O'Donnell in Boston. Uh, Joe Thornton was the captain. But you had Don Sweeney, Sean O'Donnell, Billy Guerin, you know. You know, Joe Thornton was, would be there and say things. But then you have the other guys around that. And everyone had this hierarchy of leadership. Well, they're all out of that locker room right now. And that's the big thing. So Petrie is not a very loud speaker. He plays his game, and he was great last year. He has to answer questions every day while the team's not doing well. Uh, and, and guys, you know, Jake Allen's not a guy that didn't talk a ton last year because Kerry Price is there. Gallagher. So all these Gallagher well, has to be that guy for the forwards in the and that yeah, forward group. How do you think he looks? How do you think he feels? He was. I, I, I told you guys about Gallagher contract a year ago. I, I would have. Gallagher. I love Gallagher. Mm-hmm. Every, every team needs a Gallagher. It's a terrible contract that he has. He's, he's paid for what he did. And I know what you want of him. He just doesn't do that without the right players around him. He, he's, he's not as... He comes into the season. They put him on the third line right away. He's behind Caulfield and he's behind Anderson. He's not... The, the captaincy is gone. You're talking about right away. Easy decision. Who do you give the interim captain to? Right away. You don't give it to him. So, A, he's on the third line. B, he's like, what's going on here? So, I think his, his body language for a guy that has been nothing but a soldier for this team, it's like a cherry on top. Yeah, they gave him a crazy contract. But still, for a few weeks, throw captaincy on his jersey. It's interim anyway. Um, I, just, I just don't know. I, I, I think that he's looking at the one guy that this team, I think, made a mistake with was, was Dano. Um, and I think... The other guy that is really missing right now is, is, a, is a Tatar. Tatar is there's guys that help you get to the playoffs, and there's guys that help you win in the playoffs, like the Corey Perrys of the world. That line for Gallagher and his confidence, mm-hmm. Dano never lost a faceoff. They competed all over the ice. They were great, and it had, a, it had that effect throughout the lineup. Okay, then if they do that, then the second line is going to do that. Then the third line, Gallagher is going to talk to the media Dano's going to say stuff. Tatar had an act on that team. All the key people are gone. And you see it in their actions on the ice, and you see it in their post-game interviews as well. Can you give me a logical explanation why Corey Perry uh, wasn't brought back? I heard that uh, they gave him maybe a, a low-ball offer that was quite insulting, but outside of that, it's not like it took a 
another million and a half, two million for Tampa to take him here. How? Why not? I, I, why not bring him back with this group? Uh, well, I, they've really look at the the contracts they've given out. Like if we Caulfield comes in, has that season, he's you're, everyone's expecting him to be on the team. They gave Anderson six years, seven years at five point five. They gave Gallagher six point five million on the third uh, on the third line for six years. Okay, so there's space for Perry on the right wing. Well, they signed Joel Armia for three point four million on the right wing. There's no space. Go on the left wing. You have to totally, uh, sorry, to Foley there making four two car driving four two on the left wing. Then you have Jonathan Dwayne making six million, and then on the third line you have, um, yeah, John, yeah, Jonathan Dwayne was on the second line. On the third line you had I don't know Lekkinen's on the fourth making two point nine. Evans one seven. Evans at center position. There's no space and yeah. no money. Yeah, there's just no space and no money. I, it's one thing that is overlooked. There's a lot of questionable contracts, and you had to give them out. Because they haven't drafted and developed well for the last decade. It's actually wild. Like, you look at how, would you rather be the Leafs who have a lot of money in four guys or be overpaid at basically every position for the Montreal Canadiens? Quite a different uh, look at that. Well, uh, hold on for yeah, a second. Yeah, okay. I mean, Josh Anderson isn't overpaid at 5'5". Five five. It's not ridiculous. And I'd call that uh, fair contract. But but hold on. Okay, at 5'5", five five, this is the problem. They're all at that. But what are you giving me for that, though? Like, what? What's a six? This is what a comparable. That's what we all do. That's why I said this team would be better than that. There, I have no clue. I just compare position by position. I, I want to see some numbers. Like I want to see some stats. I don't care. You know, you're Nathan McKinnon's making what six something. You know, like still. But I'm just. I want to see something. So unfortunately, in a in a salary cap world, we're judged by how much of the cap that you bring in, and you have to respond with so much of a performance based on the money that you're making. There's too many guys, and it's not their fault. They're all wingers. But there's too many of those contracts that have been given out that you're just not going to get, get it back. they got a bunch of scores. Yeah. Who's going to go get the puck for them? Yeah, you know? yeah that's a... That's- it's a legitimate question. It is, and I just ran the comparables on Cap Friendly, and it's guys like for that Anderson contract, like Konechny and Kalorn and Tom Wilson, and there is some Anthony Manthas in there. But, yeah, to your point, he's not pouring in the numbers compared to some of those names. Where are you, PJ, with the whole Cole Caulfield down at the minors, brought back up? Was it Did it do what it was supposed to do? Why bring him back still in a unhealthy environment? Well, I think that's why they wanted to get him out. Because of everyone expecting, I think Zegers comes out and Anaheim is buddy and says he's going to. I'm picking him to score 40, 40 goals this year. And it's been all over. We had an amazing playoffs last year, so much fun, and then things aren't going well. Uh, and it's hard because, again, you can't really move Gallagher up in the lineup and take a Caulfield and put him on a third line with a Jake Evans. Because then, no disrespect to Jake Evans, but you're asking him to be a player that he's not. Jake Evans is a third line center that's going to you know, will produce once in a blue moon, but plays hard, plays smart around the rink. He's a third-line center. You put him with a kid that just shoots and scores, he's, Evans is going to feel like a little bit of pressure. i got to get him the puck if we're not scoring. And I think that's why they got Caulfield out of there. Now, why did you bring him back up? Because nothing else is working. Is it the right move? 
it, why it's tough for that team, if you guys look, this is why I'm saying Anderson because he's on the second line. Dwayne's on the second line. Once you eliminate the Suzuki line, I, I can play again. I don't, I don't want to say myself, but Kipper can play against the, the, the second, second to four on that team. Sorry, I just lost some blood thinking about it. <laughs> uh, I, I've blacked out. Yeah, because you know you'd be making six million a year in comparable to the Canadian. Yeah. Well, no. that's just it. There's just no. There's no. The Vorak is not driving offense. Like all those numbers, and you know, born you're you're the brains of all of that. When you do your, you know, there's just no driving offense, and that's yeah. what the Tatar, Dano, and and uh, Gallagher line did. They didn't score a ton. But they played up against every other team's top line, and still had advanced analytics great stats for driving offense. Yeah, and they were. Score. They were like legitimately the best line in the NHL up there, with like the Bergeron line in terms of uh, you know like shot attempts when they're on the ice, always going the right way when that line was out there. And they're playing against the other team's best line. Yeah, that is. So missed. they don't have that now. So now you put Young Suzuki on the road against McKinnon, against Matthews, against you know Bergeron. Against, you name it, Crosby. It's it, it's a tough task for a young kid that doesn't have the supporting cast all around him. One more when when talking about the young kids, uh, Romanov. He, the hype on this guy coming out of the World Juniors was he can do it all: hit, big shot, battle, skate, and all we've seen is a guy that at times. We're wondering, should he be in the lineup or shouldn't he be a healthy scratch here? What, what has happened with this guy? Lack of development. I think they, they left him in Russia for a couple of years, playing on a good team over there. But he was a depth defenseman on a very good team. Comes over here and they put him on. He's a left-handed shot. Easier coming to a smaller rink. Smaller rink, less time for everything. Less, still learning the language and everything. But you put him on the right side and you put him with, this is what I never got. You always put your – I was a, a fourth, fifth-line player. They always played me with the other worst guys on my team. So let's take our worst forwards and put them on a line and our worst defense and put them on a line, and let's put them on the ice. Let's hope they have success. <laughs> go, team, go. Yeah. Dash, dash then, one. Yeah. Right away, the other team puts out – like, I remember in Detroit it was a great night. Like, back when they had the Eisman, Shanahan, you know uh, – better off like the ledge drum it was just crazy they they'd see our line go out and you know they just jump on the ice and you couldn't hear like change yeah so he's i think i think what they missed was an opportunity because they're always struggling they should have played him important minutes last year with weber give him a chance to learn to play with a good player, sit beside him, all those things. Uh, you know, like when Manny Maholtra, who's now one of the uh, people with the Leafs, they put him aside Wayne Gretzky in New York. From the experiences that I've had, if these guys are your future, you got to teach them. And, and, and they're a little bit different than our time, but you got to call them a little. And I think we're kind of throwing them to the wolves a little. Again, throw them on the right wing with your worst defense, with the worst line, on the, worst, on the right side. And and just good luck. And I I I think it's I think it would have it would have benefited him to play some left-handed in games where whatever you know you're in the middle of the season. Give him a 10-day game run beside Weber. 
So there's one young guy, though, in Montreal who doesn't need coddling necessarily. I think he's my favorite player uh, just to turn on and see what he's done on a given night. Michael Pizzetta. Tell me about this guy. You guy fought Ryan Reeves, and Reeves treated yeah. him like a stuffed animal. But, I mean, he scored. He, he was a captain in junior. Like, I really like this kid. Is, a, is there a anything there? Effort. A for effort, for sure. Yeah, two things about that, though. Okay. Um, okay, he's... This is the one thing also, Kipper, they don't all get the timing of when to do it, why to do it. Like no. That part's not in the game anymore. Like clueless. They didn't, like, clueless. And I don't, I'm not saying him. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying in general. The next night they're at home losing by two or three. You know, seven minutes left to go on the clock. It's all timing of the period, who you're picking, when you're going at them, when in the shift, all that stuff. It's a little bit of a science as to when you're going to do it and how you're going to do it and the time on the clock and all that stuff. And – that one was a little bit – I can see him being a young kid going, I know this is the big dog. I want to I I try him out. Yeah. I can see him trying to prove to everyone in that locker room, I will do anything. So, A, I love the effort. <laughs> B, I didn't like – this is – I really like Ryan Reese. But, man, the tough guys are cocky nowadays because they can be. Like, yeah, he's talking King about – of the hill. Guy. This was like, hey, uh, is this guy really wanting to fight me? Like, I've only had this happen twice in my career where a guy that I don't even know comes up and asks me to, to fight. I'm again, come on. He kind of like his post-interview was like, because he can be. And he can because he's the big dog. There was 100 big dogs back then, and now there's like two or three. So, but I love the fact that he got his face a little dirty and just <laughs> Reeves was a tough Tough, tough, bad man. Yeah. Okay, th- this is the big one here. This is the enchilada in this conversation. Mm-hmm. Mark Bergevin. Like, what is going on here? Just rip the Band-Aid off. Figure it out. Does he stay? Does he go? Enough already. But you can't have this scenario go right through the whole season kenya is he staying is he going Ooh, i heard he's interested now in anaheim mm. let's you know <laughs> let's get the anaheim mark bridgman anaheim talk going how long can you allow this the season is still a quarter old there's plenty of time here there's no time kipper no, there's I'm, no I'm, time no. like the present. I'm, I'm no. not talking about a time for Montreal to turn this around, but there's plenty of time in this season where you don't have to leave this scenario hanging oh, over yes. everyone's head. Yes, and everyone's waiting for the first shoe to drop. For, okay, so what so, I, I what I love, I, I do like what um, I, I like what Toronto did. Things were terrible for so long. They finally realized, okay. And people not be in the, might not be in the right positions or the right chairs. I'm just saying I'd like what they did, and Montreal has to do this. Montreal got they went and got a, a hockey president. They went in, they went in, in Shanahan. They encouraged him by putting a couple smart mind Lula Morello around him. Go get a really smart whiz kid as well. Put him around him. Go get what they thought was one of the greatest coaches at the time. You, you, you tank a little, you get some young kids, and that is a kind of a. a a pyramid as to how we're going to move forward of success. Uh, we got the coaches, we got the GM, we got the hockey brains, and this is kind of where we are. So I, do, I, I like the way they did that. The Canadians haven't done that for so long. They have Bergevin, and that's like it. There's like, then there's the coaching staff. And the biggest issue I can 
kick myself in the teeth for arguing this all the time, but I understand that the Montreal Canadiens are a platform for every young person, Francophone person in Quebec, as a dream. I dream to play for the Montreal Canadiens. I'm from here. There's a lot of Francophones from Victoriaville, Drummondville, Chicoutimi, that they look as having a dream job for the Montreal Canadiens. It might be one of the only places where they possibly can because of the language. And then, you know, so... So I understand the Canadians always trying to, to go with their history and, and encourage Francophone coaches and general managers. The problem is it's been too long where it's been losing. Too long it's been losing, and I think that for the first time ever in the team's organization, you had no French Francophone players playing in a game last year. So if they're moving forward, I think the first thing they got to do is go find a – president of hockey and i don't care what language he speaks he i don't care what language he speaks he's the first thing he has to learn to talk hockey talk hockey that's all i care about and then realize what this what he has underneath and then start filling in the blank the blanks how they want to move this because it's like the, they're, they're playing tug of war pulling on both ends and this is they got young guys and old guys and nothing in the middle that's really worth having with a bunch of bad contracts so it's 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 unfortunate, but it always falls back to they rather get the right people that can speak to the media here in Montreal. Would, and I, would you end up eliminating PJ? It, it, you know, in a marketplace like I, I it think, goes from a hundred, you know, hundred percent to what twenty percent? Like you shrink your ability to hire the most qualified person by sixty or seventy percent. It's ridiculous. Look, Look at the play, the coaches. They, the funny tweet was out not that long ago, um, and it was so. The first coach here was Michel Terrier. Like this is Terrier. Then it went, it went Vigno, Terrier, Julier. Then it went back, I think, to Vigno again, and I think back to Terrier for a second time, um, or, or Jules. They all coached twice. Like, they've all gone the gauntlet twice. Because the first time they started, they started, it was a rookie job. So, and now the joke, one of the things was, okay, now that they fired uh, Julien, too bad Vigneault's coaching because there's no other francophones right now that they were, you know, joking joking about. But it's kind of, there are others, uh, you know, there's players that have had success with other organizations, whether it's Boucher or whatever. There's a lot of names that are, but... You gotta, you gotta, to give the city and the team and the organization a chance, it doesn't have to be the head position on the team. You're telling, I just said there wasn't a Francophone on the team last year in the playoffs. And you're telling me that they need to get a Francophone coach and a Francophone general manager to speak to the media because they don't need one to speak to the players because no one speaks that way. So it's hard to say it because I, I understand it. But at the same time, after so much, so many years of, of, unfortunately, what is becoming the Montreal Canadiens, it's frustrating. And I want to see them do really well. So I want the best people available to work for them and get this team back to the, the Bleu Rouge of the glorious old years. So they have a, right pre- now, they have a president uh, of business, but not of the hockey department, correct? There's Mark Bergevin. He's all those things. Well, you start pronouncing your name PJ or something, and maybe you'll be eligible for the head coaching job. I don't know. You think he? You think he stays the rest of the season? Uh, no, he's gone. He's, it's before I, Christmas. It, 
I think if they they have four games coming up, and they might not exactly be in this order, but they got Washington coming in, who looks and they got two games for me that if they lose them, they're questionable. I think they go Washington, Buffalo, Pittsburgh, Vancouver. I believe those are the four. To me, Pittsburgh, Washington, they're outclassed in or incomparables. Again, that's what we do position and. And then, but there's two teams against two Buffalo and Vancouver that if they don't, if they if they struggle on these four games, I wouldn't be surprised if they realize it's a year. They start making a decision of how are we going to move forward. We got to identify a real hockey organization off the ice, and then we have to identify which of these contracts we're going to keep moving forward. Because hey, wait till next year. You think this is going to be any better? Their first round pick from last year. How'd that go over? It's a disaster on so many levels. Um, so I just, I want them to do well. I don't, no one knows what the answer is, but I think the first thing to do is take one guy, put him at the top, and have him overlook everything and say, okay, this is not right. This is not right. This can be better. Let's surround this player and let's move forward. It's not one year. It's not two years, but let's at least make it better. It's one thing about losing. It's nothing about losing the way they are losing. And it's, it's, it's not good to watch and not fun to watch. And you think uh, that marketplace is ready for um, someone that isn't French in the president of hockey op department? I think it's in one of the three positions. I think you need a president of hockey. I think you need a general manager. And I think you need a coach. And they might be the right GM and, and, and coach. I'm just, But I think they need someone overwatching that as well. There's way too many, way too many things happening here that are unfortunately like you take away a pandemic this team was yes they went to the Stanley Cup finals last year for so many reasons that I'm it was amazing but Shifley going down Tavares going down um Stevenson not playing for this Carey Price on his head the fourth line was unbelievable for the Montreal Canadiens if if it's a regular year they haven't made the playoffs they were six of seven in the minors not making the playoffs prior to the pandemic and three of four with the big club they would have missed the playoffs the last two years as well if it was if it was a regular season. So it, I just there's too much of this going on when they've had a bunch of first round picks, low ones. Um, I just wish that there was ways that this team could find a way to bounce back to be successful, and they have to start by making decisions for the first time that are, have been hard to make uh, for so long. But I think the public is ready for it, considering um, how everything's being played out. Well, they're right back in the fire tomorrow night, Washington yeah, Capitals. Well, you, said, right? How do you expect that to go? <laughs> Yeesh. Can yeah, can, o, can Ovi break the record <laughs> by the uh, by the third period? An Ovech trick. Remember that back in the day? How is he passing Gretzky? I, I'm 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 starting to think he will. Kipper, you? I, I think it's still a health issue. Yeah, uh, and I, when you're dealing with a guy that's battled as hard as he has, and I don't know, he had that kind of a weird knee injury, I think at, right at the beginning of the season or in training camp or something. It's just if he can avoid those, there, there's a shot, but there's a ton of hockey still to be played for him. But I, of course you like his chances from a sheer uh, talent point of view. The way he continues to find ways to f find the back of the net is is crazy even when you know it's coming from a certain spot it's unstoppable 
He is the greatest goal scorer in the history of the game. Bar none, no questions asked, undisputed. I, you know, I, I, I'd love to throw Mike Bossy in that conversation because I never saw mm-hmm. uh, Mike play. Um, just someone that gets lost in the, the stories of, 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 of hockey greatness. I think he had nine years or 11 years of 50, 50. goals a year. He retired after a 50-goal season. Just said, I'm good. Yeah, back. No, no. No, the back completely went out on him. Yeah. Wild. Completely. And it's just like like that. Yeah. But I don't, I think that's what I, my legs and hands went out on me. That's what happened. (laughs) Yeah. 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 The legs, the back. I got no excuse. The legs, the back, and the bank account. Those are the three (laughs) things that really go. (laughs) Yeah. They've gone since. They've all gone since. BJ Stock, thanks for doing this, pal. Always, boys. Be good. Thanks, buddy. Kipper, do you want to hear some Ovechkin stats? Sure. I have good Ovechkin stats for you. So this season, Alex Ovechkin is uh, second in the NHL in goals. He's got 15 goals in 19 games. He's a setup man now. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) He does have a ton of assists, 15 and 15, um, which is crazy. But you know how many goals he has off one-timers? One. One one one-timer goal this season. So... Alex Ovechkin, a one-timer shot attempts by year. Going back like six years, he was the third most in, uh, per game in the league, then second most, first most, first most, third most. He's first most again this season. So he takes the most one-timers of anyone in the hockey. But not he even only close. has one this year. He has one this year. His shooting percentage on one-timers yeah. over those years is like 36%, 30, 40, 40, 40. It's 6% well, this clearly year. Clearly he's going downhill now then. No, <laughs> I think he's due to get luckier. I think it's due to start going in for the guy finally. He's having bad luck. And Backstrom, who's been a center forever, um, is nowhere to be found. I think and he- the year that you think that it might turn on him, he gets off to even a better start. I know that's maybe that's why his one-timer uh, shooting percentage is low. He doesn't have Backy setting him up. His boy Backy from the insurance commercial. Bossy might have the most impressive uh, hockey DB page. Just ten years, one 50, 50, one 50, team. 50, 50, yeah. 50, yeah, 50, 50, 50, 50, 53, 69, 51, 68, 64, 60. <laughs> and in those years in the playoffs, 10, 17, 17, 17 in the kept, playoffs. Kept scoring, eh? Yeah, insane. What? But, a, but what again, a, it's. Longevity. Yeah, and well, that's, you, that's you the Ovi thing, in, isn't it? And the Ovi's been able to stay healthy. And some nights or some some seasons, it clearly hasn't been there, like the the, the 60. But he's he plays every game, and he plays hard. Yeah. Unbelievable. He, he is a truly a true phenomenon, our boy I, David Amber, rooting for him. Since, I don't know, three there are years Some ago. nights he doesn't play as hard. <laughs> yeah, in fairness. But he's who allowed. Among, who among us? Well, he's, I mean, he's gone below 30 one time, and it was last year, and it was in 45 games. He had 24 goals, so. That is truly baffling. It's hard to believe. It's hard to believe that it's actually within the realm of possibility. And, like, I, I love talking about this, and I don't, I don't know if people get fatigued of it, but I honestly would have the, is Ovi going to break the record conversation every day? I love the conversation. It could not be more different from and just, you. hate it. And, I got no and time I'm for it. I'm telling you right now, you're going to get your fill of Ovi when it gets closer and closer because the amount of money they're going to just drain oh, off of this. Like the Maguire Sosa off, chase. Oh, is, yeah. it'll, be, it'll be documented. There'll be a Netflix. 
in 30 years on it. They're going to be wheeling him out there to get that one more when he's 68 on the PP. What was that movie, Mr. 3000? <laughs> yeah. The baseball movie. What's going to happen? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so what, what were you, uh, what's your main takeaway from PJ on Bergevin and the Montreal Canadian skipper? What are your thoughts on that? Uh, it's just a mess. Yeah. And they're not used to that. They, they still go to the rink thinking that they should win the Stanley Cup. Yeah. So they're, it's, it's going to be really, I think, ugly. You know what you have to be wary of in the NHL is when your team goes on a run and it convinces you they're better than they are. The Vancouver Canucks in the bubble, right? They yeah. go on the run. They win a couple of playoff rounds. Never goes, oh, man, they're right there. Expectations get high. You make some moves. <gasps> and then, you know. Leafs after yeah. 2013. Yeah. You know? when They, they, when they, they believed had, it. Yeah. Well, didn't they, they turf sign, the whole thing? Didn't no, they, they burn signed it down? Clarkson. They signed, like, they went in. They went oh, in right, even right, deeper. Right, right, right. Because they like, just they, they the, traded for Bernier. The the whole if if I'm ownership Molson, the the whole Carolina thing just just bugs the crap out of me too. It's funny you're bothered by that. Really bothered. Losing Kakinemi, who I, I'm I'm not. It's not about losing Kakinemi. It's getting bullied. It's just about having Carolina make the decision for you. Yeah, like that's my guy. I'll decide when I want to get rid of him. Not. Carolina. Carolina made your de- decision. And that's yeah. that should not happen. And did with on on, on it, a top Aho as well, on right? a top prospect. Yeah. And that's twice Carolina schooled you. They made the decision for you. It ended up being the right decision not paying them 6.1, mm-hmm. but Carolina made that decision for you, not you. You lost the control. And that's the part that would bother me. If I'm Molson on Mark Bergevin. Yeah. Yeah, I guess the part for me is looking at all the things that PJ rattled off with, like, every deal is like, every deal he made there, I was like, or, or mentioned for Montreal Canadiens players, I was like, wait, how much does that guy make? Like, uh, they're playing Joel, paying Joel Armia $3 million plus. Uh, they're, they're paying, you know, just every guy. It's just making a, a couple a couple million bucks too much, it felt like. So, Carey Price, you you think he's going to be playing what in a in a month, 3 weeks from now, which puts you you know where like, I, I think what's happening to, to, though right now you don't have to play Carey Price. There's no rush now. You're not saving the season. Like I feel like if they were around 500 or even a bit below, you'd be like, "All right, you know, we're going to get Price back and things are going to turn around. They're so far so deep in the hole in such a strong division at least from the top the you know, four teams above them. That's just it's Hopeless. So why is, is Kerry, why rush Carey Price back? Well, because you think you could still be the goalie for Team Canada in the Olympics. That's yeah, why. if he wants to rush if, himself, if back. he wants that. Yeah, I guess that's one of the options for sure. Leafs on the ice right now. Uh, lines are the exact same. Clifford can, has can, uh, can you have them? Recalled. Can you have them send uh, a Sheldon Keefe uh, yeah. quote for Arthur, us? Qu- Arthur, so we're gonna break, break our streak here. No Sheldon Keefe quotes today. So Clifford, guess what number Clifford's wearing? Sixty-nine. Ninety-three. <laughs> We were talking about a player that used to play for the Toronto Maple Leafs that used to wear this number, 43. Oh, really? Yeah, he's wearing 43. Hey, Nas. 
Yeah, so there you go. Maybe I'll have a little bit. I'll feel a little better seeing a guy out there running around wearing number forty-three. But it doesn't appear that he's getting in the lineup by the line rushes at practice for him today. But they and d- does Matthews have a duster? Did he shave his mustache? I know. So Austin Matthews is going to shave the the mustache. He raised over one hundred and thirty-four thousand uh, dollars for November. Is he dusterless? No, I mean you got to wait till the end of the month, right? Till the till December, and then you shave it. You, you keep growing it till the end of the month, and then and then you uh, well you, you lop it off. Well, I thought this was like a target he was going to hit and then do no, it. No, I think it's at the end of the month. I'm, right. I'm kind of looking forward to seeing him without it. Yeah, me too. It's, 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 it's done. And maybe, you know what, the net, if it starts going to the net for him after there, guys are weird, you know? Like maybe, <laughs> oh, maybe, yeah. he'll, maybe he'll never grow one back if it starts going in for him a little bit. I do like that his mom said that it made him look Mexican, so I she did liked too. it. I so love that's that like, too. you know, yeah. honor the, the heritage. Yeah, I love that. It's great. Yep. Did so, you guys mention, I know we mentioned uh, Islanders COVID uh, with, with Chara. But Brock uh, Nelson's out as well. Yeah, Chara's Chara's out. Nelson is uh, hurt. He's two to four weeks. There's... Oh, they're they're toast. They're cooked. They're cooked. I know. They're toast. I don't care about. Uh, it's like a golf how, tournament. You can't win it in the first month or two, but you can certainly lose it. Well, I, I feel bad. Like Kelly nailed it. They're you know like you love the Islanders. Like obviously you have the history with them. They're they're a proud, strong, well run, you know, well coached, great lineup oh, roster. And they're now just never had a chance. Yeah. They never had a chance. They're definitely a playoff, you know, kind of fringe contender. And they just did never had a chance. And they're probably just going to be out of it. It sucks. It sucks and, to them. Brand and new I building. Can, I can tell you how everyone looked at this season, too, was, you know, everyone said out loud, like, if they can even get through the 13-game road trip at 500, they're in a good spot. And they're they going to be fine. Well, yeah, they were close to, right? Yes. They're five, six, and whatever. But in our heart of hearts, we were all setting the bar low. So when they came through there, mm-hmm. you know, and they're like, you know, six and, or sorry, seven and five or something, you go, oh, here we go now. Uh, that did not happen. <laughs> Three games on tap tonight. Flyers and Tampa Bay, Edmonton and Dallas, Chicago and Calgary. You're working tonight? I am working tonight. You, covering the Alberta. You got? I got the Alberta games doing the intermissions for those ones. Flurry, uh, Flurry will go against Calgary. I think nine out of 11. Is he setting himself up for uh, a trade uh, to a contending team? Jeez, I, I mean, that's an interesting thought too. They want to trade him to Bo, for Bo Horvat <laughs> while you're trading guys today. I think that's Colorado. my... Colorado. Colorado for Marc-Andre Fleury. Yeah. Oh. Edmonton and Dallas. Let's just trade uh, Klingberg now. He will be the hottest trade commodity at the deadline. I do not like his contract ask if I am acquiring him. You know, like that would be a true rental for me. Like him now, not not interested Dallas in will what be, he's going to look like in five Dallas years. Dallas doesn't look very good either, right? No, and going into the season, I think high expectations. Old Rupe Hints has got to get going there. But, yeah, the Alberta teams are fun to watch. I'm excited to see tonight uh, the checking style, the, the shutout, shutout kings in Calgary. We had a bit of everything in the show today, including uh, a birthday song for Colby Armstrong. Birthday song, fake birthday from Mike Kelly. Well, PJ Stock. Everybody's action. jumping on the birthday bandwagon now just to get me to sing. It ain't happening. Three weeks for me. Coming up. Get ready. Uh-oh. No song. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody. Great show today. We're right back at it tomorrow when the Leafs face the L.A. Kings. Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Real Kipper and Bourne.